Ghostbusters, do you see his eyes? <laughs> like, holy shit. He, look, he, look, he looks kind of like Ryan Gosling if he went through a horrible accident. He's about to cry all the time. <laughs> calls, I calls him like Call, I calls him. him like he sees him. All right, to everybody out there, welcome to part two of our episode on Super Columbine Massacre RPG. Uh, I'm going to try and keep this intro short and sweet, but if you haven't listened to it, I strongly recommend you check out the first half, as this will be a direct follow-up to that. But before we continue on further, Austin has a little statement here from our our game creator, yeah. Mr. Danny Ladone. So uh, why don't you open us off with some wise words of wisdom. This is a very long, a very long statement, and if you want to read more about it, go to columbinegame.com slash statement.html. Still up uh, there. Still up there. This many years later. He says... Somewhere between April 20th, 1999 and September 11th, 2001, America entered into a new terrifying and desperate era. Citizens can no longer afford to believe the necessary illusions of modern society. In an age when hastily formed scapegoats and false dichotomies of good and evil run rampant, Super Columbine Massacre RPG dares us into a realm of gray morality with nuanced perspectives of suffering, vengeance, horror, and reflection. In the words of Harris's friend Brooks Brown, there are no easy answers to such a socially indicting tragedy. As humanity teeters precariously on the threshold of collapse, politically, ideologically, and environmentally, the days of comatose media coverage and subservient populace cannot remain. Mm. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold, <clears throat> through the furious words of malevolent actions, can be understood as the canaries in the coal mine foretelling of an apocalypse soon for those remaining to ponder their deeds. With Super Called by Massacre RPG, I present to you one of the darkest days in modern history and ask, are we willing to look into the mirror? Ugh. Chris? That's a lot to unpack there. there. Um, I mean, by the way, that was Austin Blakesley reading that statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is Chris Antoine's thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't know how much I want to say. Because, like, yeah. he's the kind of guy that would look this up and listen to this and then kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he's, like, 40 now, so hopefully not. I just, I don't know. Like, that's a bit pretentious. A bit? Mm-hmm. It's a bit like bad poetry. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, you didn't make, you know, one of the greatest games of all time. <laughs> like, it's not like you can lean on he your... He wanted to feel like he made Clockwork Orange. I don't know. Like he's like trying to pretend like this is some like masterpiece of like examining some touchy event, but like Listen, you I'm made not, it an RPG maker. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not going to. I'm not going to bog down this podcast and read this whole statement. But that is not the height of pretentiousness in the statement. I'll just say that much. Uh, he says. For its creator, known for over a year only as the alias Columban, has been described as a genius, a sick human being, a real philosopher, and even the Antichrist. What is he, BTK? He's referring <laughs> to himself in the fucking third person? Yeah. Those are all very extreme. Yeah. But uh, not just a guy that made a video game, I guess. That wasn't on so the list. Now I'm let's... sure you can find somebody I've met that's called me the Antichrist. I've never done anything. So... Where we left off last time yeah, was I, I, the I game, do have that. The game yeah. had come out and the news had picked it up and it the downloads had started kind of exploding. Yes. From like the tens of thousands to the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Not that we're here to talk about sales, but uh, let's I dive mean, into the actual, well, sales. Donations. Um, free thing, donations. But let's talk about the actual response here. By the way, just in case, I'm Randall Beatrice, your host today. Hi, I'm Austin Blakesley. Ho- <laughs> oh, I'm a Chris Wanandwano. Uh, <laughs> You, you said w- your name wrong. You didn't, oh, yeah, didn't want to give Chris an alias there so our guy wouldn't find Oh, zero it. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Crush Override, and I'm here with Acid Burn. And, uh, <laughs> was that one of them? And if yeah, you fuck a- with acid- us, you're going down. Acid Burn was Angelina Jolie's Okay, character. I can only remember. Serial Killer? That was, that was the one. That was, yeah, I want to be Serial right, Killer. That's Matthew Lillard, so yeah, that's the best. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Matthew Lillard. <laughs> Wait, Matthew Lillard's name in that movie was Serial Killer? Serial Killer, but like cereal, cereal, like like the breakfast food. Yeah. Yeah. But he was also in that famous movie. Where he played a serial serial Scooby-Doo. 
<laughs> but this is Hot Button. This is part two of our Columbine uh, episode. Our... What's the quote to scream when he's just like, ah, fucking hurt. That no, fucking hurt, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. They had, the, they had the, all this fake blood uh, all over the set, and it made everything really slippery. So, like, the, the other actor goes to throw the phone down and, like, hang up the phone, and the phone slides out of his hand and smacks Matthew Lillard in the back of the head. And without breaking character, and while he's still hysterically crying, he's just like, you fucking hit me with the phone, dick! <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. And, he, and then he picks up the phone, right? Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, oh, Stu, what's your reason? Billy has one. What's yours? And he just goes, peer pressure. <laughs> My mom's gonna be so, so mad, mad at me. <laughs> God, I love that movie. No, Scream yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so good. All right, um, so gets in, into the reaction here. So uh, <laughs> it was incredibly negative. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, shocker! Shocker! Right yeah, and, I, and I'm not talking about the actual quality of the game just yet, but boy, was the general mainstream media ready to attack. And uh, a lot of this also includes those personally affected by the shootings, too. Sorry, hold Unsurprisingly on. and justifiably so. I would like you to refer to them as the comatose media from now on, please. <laughs> oh, was that right? That's what he called it? Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, see, now, unlike our other topics that, uh, that we've talked about here, this one is, like, probably the least surprising gaming controversy ever to happen. No, <laughs> like, no shit. Yeah, like this, but uh, and also uh, this goes without saying, but the hardest one we've probably ever had to do. Uh, this is this is tough, and not just because I'm sober. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a rough one. Go back and listen to the first episode. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, you can learn a lot. Yeah, about this game. And this is this, this is kind of we covered in the first part mostly just the, the what the game actually is, along with the development. And at this this is all it, it's out. It's out there, and this yeah. is all going to be kind of the response and and the reception and legacy of this thing up to now. So the person I uh, I mentioned er, uh, in the in the previous episode, I'm sorry, that revealed Danny's identity was also pretty quick quick to speak about the the about being against the entire idea of the game itself. Justifiably so. Yes. Yeah. Um, saying anyone playing this game can quote kill Rachel over and over again. That was his friend. Uh, I think his, his name was Roger. Uh, but he was he was the one who was the friend of the that first girl who was killed outside. There was someone else, a father of one of the victims. I, I think he remained nameless. Who also came out expressing his disgust, claiming that the creator is trivializing the actions of two murders and the lives of the innocent. But shockingly enough, not everyone was fighting the war against Danny. Uh, one survivor of the shooting named Richard Calstado, who was permanently paralyzed from the waist down after being shot four times in the arm, chest, back, and abdomen, did an interview with Kotaku actually showing support for the game after playing it. Hmm. Yeah, he stated, it's, It probably sounds a bit odd for someone like me to say, but I appreciate the fact that at least to some degree, something like this was made. While he also went on to say that he did take issues with what he saw as glamorization of the shooters, yeah. rightfully so, he also believed that it would help open a dialogue about the shooting itself. People certainly express and work through could come grief in different ways. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, this was a hard subject to touch upon for years. And once this was out there in the wild getting downloaded, Columbine kind of became a topic all over again, which may have helped with a lot of the the things survivors and, and victims were trying to express at the time. Like, mm -hmm. so like, and also, you know, this, this person also, what I stated before we even started doing the, uh, recording the first episode is that you still fight for their right to be able to make it. And that, and I think like once all the word was getting out to try and pull this thing off the internet, this was somebody who was just like, that's a, not how it works. And B it's, even if I don't agree with it, it's not something that I'm, I'm asking for. I, at least it, this, it, it does feel like that this was not created for profit, you know? Yeah. As for the rest of the press, this thing was pretty universally condemned. Uh, Betty Nugent of CNN labeled the game as an example of a subculture that worships terrorists. Bit extreme, but... Oh, she's talking about the gamers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, others said it was exploitative and a monstrosity. PC World declared the game number two on its list of the ten worst games of all time because of its tastelessness. Even some other reviewers who were behind the game's intent still found it hard to play. <laughs> ben uh, Kuchera of Ars Technica said he left the game shaken and that the game could easily be misunderstood. <laughs> writing, yes, uh, writing that people who are most likely to gain anything from it will probably never play it. Others felt the message of the game was obscured by the cartoon graphics while others thought the juxtaposition of them made it more palatable hmm. it's you know it's so uh, I, I understand kind of all sides here I, okay I, yeah i get it as far as 
Opening a dialogue, cool. Yeah. Making a game to comment on some social thing, cool. Sure. We do it all the and time games with have done comic that before. books. We, yeah, movies, We do it with everything. political cartoons for the last, you know, you know, 400 years. Yes, you know totally. I mean? That's a good like, example. I get the idea of making something satirical or making something to, to try to, like, get a dialogue going to talk about it, but, like, I don't know. I feel like... I don't know if that was an afterthought for him or not. I don't know enough about this guy. It's hard to say. To because, think, I feel like yeah. in nowadays he could arguably get away with just being like, More. I'm just a troll and <laughs> yeah. I made a game. Like, you know what That's I mean? That's true. This was, this was a and he would before, get less shit for it. He probably would. This was actually before that that like that term was sort of coined. Like yeah. that, that was something people were intentionally doing. But it, it, what's interesting is that regardless of this response with positive and negative, he refused to change or alter the game in any way once it was out there and said it represented his thoughts on the subject at a very particular time. He even went on to encourage other people to rework the game for themselves if they wanted. But like, even now I wonder if his views have changed. You mentioned he's like, how old is he now? He's 36. He's going on 40. Yeah. So like, it's just like, it'd be weird. Cause it's like my perspective on things have changed all the time. Like the funny thing is it's like at the right age, when I, when I heard you reading that statement, I probably would have like commended Agreed. some of the, some of the ideas behind his message. Like, yeah. you know, like it's not, not all of them. Like I, I don't, I think I would have ever identified with him, but like, there was, I'm sure there was, we Who all, we all had to fight the establishment time in our lives where I'm sure it was misguided at the, like the, in some way, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, especially listening to that kind of music, watching those kinds of films. Like it's honestly like ingesting that stuff is totally fine. Like, and have, like, it's just like, it's, it's interesting how it shapes us over time. Yeah. I don't know. But there were positive reviews of this too. You know, I mentioned some of the, I mentioned the, the one feedback from that survivor, but like there were also even critics who accepted the attended message. Like uh, Wired magazine writer Clive Thompson, he appreciated the game's attention to specific narrative details, including the attempt to look into the mind of the two gunmen, whether, you know, it was fully accurate or not. Uh, he continued to say that a lot of the satire was more subtle than he expected with jabs at the participants and gaming culture in general by using the language that we've all come to expect playing games over the years. And that's kind of a funny quote because it was a video game mass video game like yeah. it wasn't going for any type of real immersion or realism at all clearly especially where it ends up but like it's it's weird because you, it's it's almost feels like you're playing a parody of final fantasy 6 more so than like a a piece of like yeah you know than, than like a vision of somebody's like thing because of just how bizarre it is I was gonna say, maybe it could have honestly suffered a bit from just being like not as not as focused out. of a yeah, thing. Yeah, not as focused. You know what I mean? Maybe he had good intentions, but like it was just poorly executed whether he what kind of place he was in yeah, or yeah. what kind of resources he and had at the time. And not know? that we're like reviewing it as a game, but it's like there are there are things about the game that I admittedly do like. Like you know, I think like if if you would have kept that tone as dour as like as kind of how it starts, like that would be like unplayable experience because like I actually think that a lot of the people in support of him were kind of like into the idea of of trying to make it accessible for people rather yeah. than just having it be right off the bat hard to digest like yeah but it's not like he made a fucking leapfrog game about mass shootings like well no then, <laughs> then that would go too far in the other direction right uh, yeah I, I mean it's almost like I, I didn't I'm not saying he did a good job but it's almost a it's a Herculean task anyway like yeah. it's you know like that's he's the one who chose that as a setting Fair like enough. it's yeah. you know and, and granted like I agree with you that I don't think he did the best job with it but like he tried what nobody else did I guess so there's there's that another reviewer Paul Severett of the Courier Mail told those that found the game offensive to quote lighten up not the most delicate response yeah, there no. Paul so it's just it's so funny to like reflect on this where we are at as a society now yeah like to think about if something like this came out now yeah yeah some steam trash or something yeah <laughs> Oh my God, because this was—I mean, there was that game, Active Shooter, yeah, that uh, was supposed to come out last year on Steam and got so many petitions. It was a, it was a first-person shooter where you play, you you shot up a school and they. I think it was at, right after the Parkland shooting in Florida. Mm -hmm. There was like two hundred thousand people signed a petition to pull it from Steam, and it worked, and it did. And I think that I think the company Acid the still is trying to release it called the. Uh, what do they change it to? Standoff. Standoff. And they're going to just sell it on their website. It looks like a piece of shit. Like, yeah. it looks like a bad Dude, game. Like, it, there it, is a way to cure There is. Yeah. The, video games are already going to be a hard medium to portray some sort of tough topic message yeah. anyway. I'm more offended because it just looks like a cheap cash grab for edgelords to play. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for real. It's like the hatred effect, but... 
You can make a good game. Did you ever play... So it's funny, this this game, Super Columbine Massacre, came out in yeah. 2005. Yeah. It's better this, than all the other ones that have this tried. This was right around... If you listen to our Hot Button episode, you'll know this guy. This is right around the same time that Jack Thompson came out with his... Uh, do you remember the, his, his... I'm sure his this contest was a or whatever. Scene. No. So he wrote an open letter... <clears throat> And we might do an episode on him later. Who oh, knows? Yeah, but I would love to. He wrote an open letter to the ESA, the people that run, uh, like the video game lobby, the people that run the E3. Right. I think and, I. Ooh, maybe I do remember this. Yeah. yeah. He wrote a letter and he's like, How would you feel if, like, a shooter came in and shot up E3 or something <laughs> like that? And he's like, Jeez, Somebody. Guy. He's like, Somebody make a video game where a. Uh, there's a kid. Oh, holy shit! Yeah, I do remember this. There's a now. kid who's who, oh my God. who gets becomes a shooter because he gets seduced he by the violence many, of video yeah, games. He plays too many violent video and games. his dad goes to E3 and shoots the place up <laughs> and kills a bunch of violent video game things. Didn't no, nobody made that game? Right? No. Yeah. So they did. Um, oh boy! A lot of people responded because he said he would donate. Ten thousand dollars to the right, charity, and he never fucking did. Of the CEO of Take Two's Choice, yes, because he was yeah. all against Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, and Derek Yu, who people may know as the creator of Spelunky, right? Did um, he make? Something? He made a game called I'm Okay, a Murder Simulator, <laughs> which was just like a Mega <laughs> Man shit. style game where you're just running around E3. Okay, and then he's like, you have to kill. In it, you have to kill the creators of violent video games. So at the end, Derek, you like put himself as the final oh, boss that's good. or whatever. Yeah. It's like a message, and he made it, and it, like people responded a lot better to that one, right? Yeah, because I mean, he ha- made that he made that so he would donate that money. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and Jack Thompson never did. Never it. And did. then eventually, yeah. um, the the people that made Penny Arcade, the two guys that made Penny Arcade and Run Packs, right? Yeah, Mike and Jerry, I think their names are. I don't yes. remember their last no, names. No, it's Mike and Jerry. But um, they <clears throat> donated ten thousand dollars in his place. Right. Okay. And in his the, name, I think. And too, then Jack Thompson tried to get them investigated for something criminal or something like that. God, that dude <laughs> but, sucks so much. But yeah, yeah like there, it's <laughs> it's funny because this is not the only video game made at that time, like a two D right. satirical. That's true. That's true. And and I'll get into some other games that were also made in in successor to this as well, not by him, but so the professor I, I mentioned in our previous episode, uh, Ian Bogast, he was the one who who blogged about the game that kind of mm-hmm. made its way into news outlets. Finding about he um he summed up his thoughts by saying uh, the game is not fun; it is challenging and difficult to play. Not technically difficult, but conceptually difficult, and we need more of that. So you know the right yeah and uh, That's what I'm saying the the idea. Is fine. Yeah, I like the idea. I mean, this is 05, or oh five, so people have done this. It's more probably. It's with more in the more grand respect scheme. and delicacy since then. Yeah. The grand scheme of things, where it's like I read that statement at the beginning from this guy, and it's like I don't think this guy is the the, the one to do the it. one to do it. Yeah. But to, to and this, right? you know, this goes back. If you haven't listened to our No Russian episode, we talk yeah. a lot about that right. here. Yeah, and then we talked like, to people to no. do. There is a place, and then we talked about making, the games that have done that. Yeah. did that right. After there are that, there yeah. is a place for making a game that makes you play through it and sort of question why. Yeah, but this delusional loner guy and the creators of Call of Duty are not the people that should be right. making games that make us reflect on ourselves right. as a well, that's society. That's why it's like, I, I don't... I want to like the game more but, than I do, obviously, but I think I just like some of the takes and the responses to it more than, like... Who else is going to make it, though? That's where you get into the... That's right, yeah. you got to be kind of... Yeah, and... You know? It takes a particular type of person to want to Maybe make he's that. He's the perfect yeah, guy. I don't like this it. guy, but kudos to him for putting up with all of this and then just being like, I made the game. I'm sure it was it's a out nightmare. There. I'm yeah. not changing it. And, like, and, I, and I do want to emphasize that like the people who did get to have that dialogue with him did say that those were positive experiences. Yeah. But even if you know his philosophy is, is muddled. The other professor that he emailed, the one at Emerson College, his name is David uh, Cochembra. Agreed with him, commenting that the controversy should be that there aren't more games like Super Combat Mask RPG in that it's demanding and artistically innovative, which those things can still be said true about that game. As for Danny's thoughts on the criticism, even with some of the support, the attacking on him still commenced at quite the degree. And I'm sure after one too many people probably told him to kill himself, he took his rebuttal to his own personal blog and posted, uh, I'm going to read this 
from him, and then you guys can say your thoughts. I think everyone who disses the Columbine RPG is gutless. Most haven't played the game or have played it with such conceptions that they're blinded to the genius, the honesty, the beauty of its social commentary. Super Columbine Massacre RPG is riddled with design flaws and has mediocre graphics by 1995 standards. The maker of the game admits this, but it regardless is a work of art. It puts you in the mindset of the killers and provides a very clear suggestion of why they did what they did. They were enacting an ideological demonstration through a terrorist act, and the game shines light on this as an indictment of the American dream and way of life painfully close to the main nerve. There you have it. He had me in the like the first sentence, and then like <laughs> you can't call yourself like a your, your product of genius. Like the whole point of if you really if if you genuinely are creating something that's going to talk about some horrible event in some meaningful way and get a dialogue started, you must be free of like self like appreciation. Like you have to be humble. You yes. can't not yes. be humble. Yeah, yeah. Like there's I, no I, way. I completely agree. I think he was just fucking pissed. And then like no, and fair that's enough. Fair. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with Chris. It's like if I you are too. going to be the one to be like hold a mirror up to society and be like, look at what you are this is this was not like the person playing it, but like America as a whole is like this was your doing that kind of ideology. Like it's like yeah, but then you can't be like, and I'm the only genius that came up with this. All <laughs> yeah. you pussies are too scared to make something like this. Like no, you're and sorry, you're just, I you must have. Yeah, just, yeah. you're shooting your own message I in the know, foot. You really are. Right and, and I copied this. I copied this from somebody who also copied it, so it was interjected with their own kind of thing in the middle. But that that those were his words about himself. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you know, because because I don't know if that if that blog message is still up anymore. Okay. And, and I'm sure he hit the breaking point again. Not defending that at all. I feel the same way about that uh, that post that, that you guys do. But I think it was just very much like. I'm trying to see from his perspective and I'm sure he was just getting message after message of people, people telling him to go die. And I think he finally was just like, yeah, but, um, yeah, but people are not the right way to do it. If people are telling you to go die, your response isn't, I'll never die. I'm a genius. (laughs) 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 Not the best response. No. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the pushback with the obvious, the most obvious example, I guess, being, something called Slamgate. That you... sounds dope. Yeah. I want to go. This was around the time that everybody just added gate onto every gaming controversy whatsoever. <laughs> around the time? Oh, that is still going. <laughs> Puddlegate is Puddle real. Gate. Yeah. But uh, in October of 2006, later that year, uh, Sam Roberts, the director of the Gorilla Game Maker competition at Slamdance, an annual film festival that focuses on emerging and upcoming artists of independent projects, emailed Danny encouraging him to submit the game for the contest. Danny agreed, and the game was even selected as one of the competition's finalists in December of that year. He saw that all forms of art could be valid tools for societal exploration, even the painful topics like school shootings. I agree with that statement. I do, too. All f- yeah, that's from, all the, that's f- from the director. Yeah, yeah, all forms of art. I, I should be able to you know, have some message, whether it's bullshit or yeah. something, talking about something serious. Like I, I agree with that statement. Yeah, I do, too. Maybe he um, got a bit of a... Uh, Maybe he just got a bit of, like, a bit full. You yeah, know well, I mean? like, maybe. I mean, <laughs> however, though, you know, I, I, you, I'm sure you guys can predict that this isn't going to go the way that this guy thinks it's going to. Because it wasn't long after this that the event's organizer, Peter Baxter, announced the removal of the game from the festival, banning it from being a selection in the competition at all. Claiming that this was because of the threat of possible sponsor withdrawal, lawsuits from those affected from the, you know, the actual shooting or the use of those featured copyrighted materials. That's uh, the one I agree with. Yeah, <laughs> with uh, such as the music and the sprites of yeah. Bart Simpson and stuff. Though, obviously, the biggest quote here, and this was also Mortal Grounds, which he didn't even have to, say, didn't have that. to say that. Yeah, because that's because that's where the blowback from this came from. Because it's he could have very much just been like, "Hey, like this features too much copyrighted materials that we can't." Promote, yeah, like and then legally. there just would have been a discussion behind the scenes, sure, about like that's not what. It yeah, really it's did like it. you can't play but all that not, music and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it, but instead, he later did deny that sponsor pressure and gave a more personal reason, all of which surrounded the game setting and central themes. Yeah. So people saw that as a personal attack because it kind of was, but 
Uh, I get where I'd hate to be in his position too. Um, but this announcement marked the first time that the festival had ever pulled a jury selected uh, game or content in general, even when the, on, on their film competitions, yeah. like leading to the name Slamgate by the gaming press. That's where this this started to get out there. Following this, other indie developers were not happy and expressed their support in protest by removing their games from the competition as well, along with the withdrawal of the uh, USC Interactive Media Division, who was one of the main sponsors of the event, ironically. They removed themselves because they yes. removed Super... Huh. So he said, hey, we got to remove this game. It might affect our sponsors. And then one of the, when he did remove the game, one of the sponsors was like, that's fucked up. We're pulling out. Now... The uh, other devs included uh, some pretty now well-known figures in gaming. In fact, by this point, half of the finalists were pooled, including Castle Crashers was there that year, pooled. The game Flow was pooled, Everyday Shooter, and Braid, where the creator, Jonathan Blow, said, Super Columbine Massacre lacks compassion, and I find the artist's statement disingenuous, but despite this, the game does have redeeming value. It does provoke important thoughts, and it does push the boundaries of what games are all about. It is composed with more of an eye towards art than most games. Clearly, it belongs at the festival. Jonathan, never, never in my life have I agreed more uh, Jonathan, with Jonathan Blow. Blow. Yeah, that's like the first <laughs> yeah. time. I, mean, I can't believe I'm quoting him in a positive way. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to get into this. But also, like, side note, Castle Crashers is an amazing game. Oh, yeah. So that would have won the contest anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I just... I'm curious. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I want to like think it's not like this, but yeah. also humans we we suck sometimes. <laughs> we um, suck sometimes. That he that he made this game because he was like he got the wrong impression of these people, whether because he just has twisted ideals or because he was convinced that way by some out some media or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is hard for me to believe almost because of his critical talk about the media but regardless he makes this game because it's like some message to him like all right a i'm trying to be edgy (laughs) b i want this game to be made so you know people can see my i was a loner you know this is like a thing yeah yeah let's talk about it in the background sure maybe we can have a dialogue yeah and then when all these people are like he's just trying to have a dialogue he's like yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I know, like, and I just like ran with that. Like I, I, he got pedestaled a little bit for sure. Yes, and yeah. I feel like that pedestaled went to his head. But I don't know. I even if I was pedestaled for something, I wouldn't immediately break out the "I'm a genius." No, and you guys I, are, I would love to so, have a conversation you know. with him. But it, it, it is definitely like. This is this is weird because a lot of the other controversies that we've addressed on the show so far are very like cut and dry with how we feel, and I I keep stumbling over my word like every other sentence because even I almost am changing my mind on certain things after I wrote this script like mm-hmm. you know what I mean because I'm yeah. like reading it out loud and thinking about it while I'm while we're discussing it and you guys are bringing points that I'm kind of like I think Ugh. I think an interesting thought experiment this- here is to be like. Are there documentaries on Columbine? Yeah, sure. I'm, well, there's bowling for Columbine. <laughs> oh fuck! I, I forgot about that. Yeah. See, that's a perfect fucking that is example. The most, yeah, because like, holy shit, that's even more misguided than this yeah. game. And this game like, makes this, no sense at this all. This guy might have yeah. had misguided intentions, I guess. But like that that documentary was produced by you could Hollywood that, people yeah. and it was nominated for yeah, shit. Yeah, I've won uh, the that, Academy Award yeah. that year, I believe. And it, it, Ugh, that fucking misinformed everybody just as much about them being bullied. <laughs> yeah, it And did. it shows celebrities being like, well, these guys were bullies and nobody asked them about, like, I think Marilyn Manson That's a good it. interview, the one with it's Marilyn a, Manson, quote, though, because they tried but, to pin him on, the same, the one with, uh, I think it's, it's not Trey yeah. Parker, it's a Matt Stone. It's a great yeah. quote, but then you learn about Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris and you're right. like, they're not. That's not who. That's that not is. who You're they were. Defending the wrong yeah, people. They, they are. But it and it sucks and because it, it's it, they're. I, I just more meant that he was being set up to to flunk that interview and then responded in a very positive way. Yes. But it, it is like it is hard to say because there are moments of that documentary that are that are pretty brilliant mm-hmm. where where they they talk about how the biggest problem or not the biggest problem, but they do talk about things like state of fear, which is so much more affecting than violent media in any way. But like 
like you said, like God, fuck, wasn't that? And because I agree, fuck the NRA. Yeah. But like, what what is it? He like when when he goes to like Kmart and like is attacking minimum wage employees yeah. for just selling. I want to return the bullets in this kid's spine, and the the guy that's making six dollars is like, uh, let me get my manager. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, at the end, he puts the photo of the girl, uh-huh. the picture of the girl down, and it's uh-huh. just like, yeah, that's. It's like I don't. It's I don't want to keep. Very I don't want to keep attacking this guy because this guy had something to say and i think whether or not he said it in the way that he wanted to it did provoke a dialogue and it did like games are an interesting medium because game it's certainly like he obviously like wrote this from the mindset of that statement that we read at the beginning like he, he i guess i don't know if that was satirical too or not but it seems like he had a very similar outlook on the world where it's like everybody's wrong but me but like the fact that you have to play through it yourself and not just watch a documentary, right, which is yeah. someone else's opinions being presented to you. Right. There's no such very, thing as an unbiased person. It's very interesting yeah, so. because it, yeah, whether no, or not sure. you agree with the artist creating it, when you're playing a video game, you can look at it and sort of form your own opinions because it's more open-ended yeah. than a film. There's much more d- different interpretations of That's what I'm saying. I don't want to sure. believe he's just like some pretentious asshole. I want to believe he did it with the intention to... Yeah, to do, do what happened, and that's <laughs> possible too. It's so yeah. hard to tell, and that's that's kind of yeah, what makes is. this episode so fascinating and also so frustrating. But it's you know, and as time goes on, it's, some of these things change too. Because the funny thing is, is like a lot of this is a, a reflection of that conversation in two thousand five, and that conversation in two thousand five does may not look the same in twenty nineteen. No. You know, like you know, so it's. But it, um, at this point, this is where Blow, Jonathan Blow, and the other developers like Behemoth sent an open letter to the festival encouraging the reinstatement of the game to keep with the event's trailblazing efforts. Despite these protests, Baxter refused to change his mind, citing consideration for the shooting victims and their families, while Danny responded to this by telling the other finalists that he was going to attend the festival anyway and distribute copies of the game around instead. I guess he, like, burnt physical, probably you know cds and was distributing them that way yeah now acknowledging that all the withdrawals of the finalists kind of compromised the entire competition the director i mentioned earlier roberts allowed the attendees to vote on whether or not any prizes would be awarded and they decided not to so there was no cash grant given to the winner that year um brian fleming uh do we know who won you know, I'm That'll not sure. Rough. I mean, that's just, it always sucks for, you know. Yeah, I mean, I doubt. Caught up. That, that, no, that's actually an interesting, that's actually an interesting thing. So this is, this is actually kind of a, a funny tidbit here too. Brian Fleming, he's a filmmaker and director of uh, The God Who Wasn't There, which I've heard of, I've not seen. Saw Danny's demo of uh, SCM RPG for short. I'm trying to think of a way to shorten this down or I don't yeah. have to read this full title the whole time. I enjoyed it when it started. Now I'm sick of saying all these words. He was showing this game outside the festival uh, while Brian was attending for his film that was also being screened that same year. And he convinced two fellow slam dance film jurors to award the game a special jury prize for best documentary. Uh, An unofficial award not endorsed by the festival itself, but still something. And they even planned to present it to Danny until Baxter informed Fleming that he could not present the award due to, quote, music clearance issues. There you go. And refused to allow it. Uh, according to Danny Fleming, really tried to hold his ground until eventually being persuaded to back down. But that was the end of the of our of our Slamgate chapter. Yeah. Oh, okay. So a little update. January 26, 2007, the date the Game Awards were to be presented, a panel discussion with the remaining finalists resulted in the withdrawal of an official jury selection for all finalists. No awards were handed out, and the competition has not been held since. Holy shit. Damn, it's fucking I, destroyed the I whole didn't thing. know that. Yeah. Mm. That's quite a legacy and for this Slam thing. Slam Dance is apparently still going on to this day, yeah. but it's just a film festival now. Wow. They were doing that gaming competition for several years, too. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Unfortunately, the end result of this, uh, the, the, the Slamgate kerfuffle boondoggle, whatever you want to call it, didn't really help him with uh, bad word of mouth around this game that was already there already. And to make matters much worse, a new problem arised. I think uh, Austin may have referenced this shooting in the the previous episode, but uh, a few months prior to the competition controversy in September, there was a shooting at Dawson College in Quebec, Montreal, Canada, 
where things like that very rarely happen, but perpetrator Kim Veer Gill randomly shot 20 people in the school cafeteria, fatally killing one before turning the gun on himself after being shot in the arm by police. The Toronto Sun later came out that Kim Veer self-reported playing Super Columbine Massacre on the one website that he frequented. I guess it was maybe a a blog or image board. And that story was soon picked up by the media and then reported wildly, bringing the game right back into the controversial limelight. Probably inconsequential. Totally inconsequential. Like, just just, that guy just happened to play that fucking game. Just like any other psychopath might follow any other. We've already seen this. It's like Marilyn Manson was listened to. Exactly. What's very interesting is so I'm going to read his statement. About this. On the Dawson shooting. Okay. Because it's very short. Yeah. He says, To the public, I am, like most, saddened by the news of the recent shooting at Dawson College. I extend my condolences to those affected by this painful event. Please refer to the artist's statement, and he links to the one I read earlier, I was about for to the game's intent. Pretty respectful. For further questions, please contact me here, and it's a link to his email. Yeah. And then he says, In the press I've been getting lately, I have tried to articulate very clearly that Columbine was... A wake-up call, not just for our society, but for me in particular, as I was once headed down a similar road. I have now found other outlets, such as games, filmmaking, and theater. Unfortunately, those like Klebold, Harris, and apparently Gill did not. Danny Ladone. That's not the worst quote. I still think he kind of needs a PR guy to touch up spots. But, <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but for the most That's part. Fa- it's weird that he links to the artist's statement, though. Which kind of almost seems against the... Maybe he made that statement when he came out with the game, and he's like, I'm not changing it. But yeah, it seems yeah. like he's, yeah, he wasn't his mind... Has, Maybe the discussions around him releasing the game have changed his mind. Right, yeah. Because upon hearing these reports, because, you know, he, he... And this is probably where I assume they got it, because he said, you know, he said he put his email in that statement, but... One of those injured in the shooting contacted Danny, telling him to take the game down, to, we, to which he expressed his reaction to the shooting and renewed media attention towards him and his game in a formal interview a week later, bluntly saying, if one is interested in making something for the public to view, be it a painting, a book, an album, a film, or a video game, should the possible harm that may come out of this work be grounds for its suppression from society? This is, in a sense, pre-crime. If you believe in what you're doing and want to express yourself, the expression should be primarily, and any interpretations that come after must always remain of secondary importance to the creation of the work itself. On another level, the entire correlation between the Dawson College shooting and my game is unfounded. What else did Kim Veer like? Black clothes, goth music, pizza? If anything, the Dawson College shooting is proof positive that games like Super Column My Massacre should be made until video games are no longer among the usual suspect for homicidal rages. The public needs to to be more careful, the, the, sorry, the public needs to more carefully consider why interactive electronic media is somehow the manufacturer of Maturian candidates. Now, that's what, what's, that's the dude who created the game said that? Yeah. That's probably about the most well thought out yeah. thing he said so far. He's, he's getting a little honest. wiser. Yeah. yeah. Or he's choosing his words a little more clearly <laughs> yeah. because this was the first time that his, it, like people were saying that your game was responsible for hurting someone rather Which than. Which it's not. It's not at all. Uh, but yeah. I'm just saying like, I think maybe that is something clicked in his mind to like change his tone a little more. Yeah. We talked about it before, not on this podcast, but we have talked about it, the yeah. three of us. And it's like, it's very the the most interesting thing that I'm think us as a society will never come to an agreement on is that you can create things like the to use the examples we use in our conversation American Psycho Fight Club but yeah what was the one you mentioned earlier oh I mentioned uh, Natural Born Killers Natural Born Killers you can create things like that falling as down like God a bless le- America as a lens yeah. sort of and when it, when somebody watches a film like American Psycho and says like to be at war with society. this dude's awesome yeah yeah you clearly don't I get it I feel like yeah. I get it I, then you're like you don't you don't because he's yeah. the villain of the movie yes but yeah. it's like is the, the who's the guy that wrote American Psycho the book it's um, he also wrote Less Than Zero I don't right, remember yeah. anyway. Like he is it his fault for people misinterpreting his work? Right. Right. Yeah. And it's like we've talked a lot in this episode about like it's sometimes hard to interpret work. We don't. We still You're really right, don't yeah. know how to interpret Super Column by Massacre RPG yeah. as a topic. And as, and as hard as it is to believe, mass mass killers still like things. Yeah. You know, it's like it's weird. It's like whenever they're like, anytime something like this happens, then they they confiscate their hard drive. They go into their house. And they're like, he's got a poster for Mass Effect on the wall. You know, yeah. like it's 
like if Super Combine Massacre RPG never happened, they would have found something else that this could liked, and they would have blamed it on that. I'm right. sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's a horrific event. Well, that's a whole other conversation. But, yeah. Blaming something immediately I mean, rather it, than he's, sticking into the problem. It, I, I think his statement on the thing, which he said is like the most articulate he's been, kind of. Yeah. That could easily be interpreted as like, hey, it's not my fault just because I made this game that analyzes a subject that's very similar yeah. or something. And it's hard to say that he's right, but he's right. And it's not even oh, yeah. like... there. And at this point, there's already been tons of like dramatic movies made about Columbine not even done in the documentary like that yeah. zero I don't remember whatever that shitty Gus Van Sant one was but there's there's a bunch out there mm-hmm. but it yeah it's it's a sensitive topic and I think people just want to find anything to latch on to to try and make sense of something that doesn't make sense make sense yeah yeah like it you're never you're like that's the funny thing it's like why we're fascinated with with things like serial killers and dictators and things like that it's because it's just like you're never gonna actually see into the mind of them yeah. because you're not a psychopath like you it's it's like you can make you can make your work of art as nuanced and clear as possible on what your intentions are and someone will still somebody yeah. will misinterpret it yeah Oh, yeah, you can, lo- you can make a the, thing. Some of the movies that take the biggest stance on anti-violence are incredibly violent. Yeah, and it's, yeah, yep, it's tough. So the controversy continues on in 2007, where at this point in our chapter, I'm, I'm going to talk about like you know this guy, pretty uh, pretty divisive figure we've had of our stories so far, in some ways. Uh, but I'm going to talk about a big asshole here, so it's uh, to unite everybody. <laughs> In 2007, some different kind of beef came up with uh, involving Danny, but it's a lot different than you might think. On May 12th, developer Ryan Lamborn uploaded a Flash game to Newgrounds.com titled VTech Rampage. I actually remember when this came out on the site. An action shooter released mere weeks after the Virginia Tech massacre, where undergraduate Swung Hao Cho, I'm about to apologize for not pronouncing his name correctly, but fuck him, horrifically gunned down 49 people, before, uh, killing 32 before again taking his own life with a self-inflicted shot to the head. This game finds you playing as Cho, similar to Super Columbine Massacre. However, this time, apparently, and, and you can tell because of the, the time frame as well, it was only created for the purpose of being offensive without any redeeming value, according to the quotes around the game by the creator himself. Along with what sounds like mocking from words from Ryan, stating things like, he professed sympathy for Cho and said that he was a target of bullying in high school himself. Yeah. So he's remember earlier when we mentioned the the troll idea. Yeah. Well, now you have somebody doing that blatantly and saying that that's why they're doing it. And it's hard to tell if it's a direct attack on Danny, but he also added. Um, he also continued added, adding. I think this was in the post for the game on Newgrounds. I uh, said, nobody listens to you unless you've got something sensational to do. That's why I feel sympathy for Cho. He had to go that far. Basically, this dude sucks. Yeah. He's not even clever in his in his satire, nor is, you know. And it gets worse. Uh, he also, he posted on the official site for the game as well, saying that uh, he would take the game off new grounds if he received donations of $1,000. $2,000, and he would pull the whole thing down from the main site as well. $3,000... And he would officially apologize for making it. Oh my god! I think back Fucking everything I said scumbag. about the yeah. guy that made Super Columbine. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, in the last episode, I made a comment about how you can tell when he stopped updating the website. But he also has a statement on the Virginia Tech shootings. Does he? Okay, because I, I, I'm. Let me get to this one quick part yes. where he tries to contact this guy. So it's it's so funny. So our boy Danny, needless to say, got pretty annoyed when outlets started comparing that game to his. Even posting on his website, naming out the hostage note tactic of release and asking uh, about how maybe a game can accomplish more with the subject matter than VTech Rampage does. Danny even later sent, stated that he sent a personal email to Ryan, acting sympathetic at first, but then Ryan only responded him with insulting profanities about how the two games had completely different motivations and were not comparable in the slightest. Ugh. That game, by the way, still up and running. Um, oh, no. Yeah, to, oh, and no. to this day, along with his 2013 sequel, oh, no. The Slaying of Sandy Hook oh, Elementary. No. Oh, my Fucking God. great. Oh. Although he supposedly claimed that the second one was created to show support for better gun laws. But yeah, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. fuck you. But uh, what did, uh, what's in Danny's thing? It's, this one's a lot longer okay. than the uh, 
Dawson one. Because uh, our story needed more of a villain. It says, the question I've been asked, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here because it's kind of long. The question I've been asked so often lately is, will you be making a game out of the Virginia Tech shooting? My answer is, I will not be. I will not be because it has not been something that I am personally connected to. The shooting at Columbine, which hit so host, close to home for me literally and figuratively during my sophomore year of high school, was not only an American tragedy in the broadest sense, but also a clarion call for change in my own life. Hmm. Having said this, one might ask if I think an interactive project, project, a video game about the shooting of Virginia Tech can be made. My answer is absolutely. Societies throughout mm -hmm. history have dealt with pain, tragedy, and suffering with art in a multitude of forms, and ours is no exception. There will be poems about the shooting, there will be books about it, films about it, paintings about it, and indeed, I do not believe the medium of interactive electronic media should be excluded from exploring the sorrows and challenges of the human experience. Some have probed further, suggesting that Super Columbine Massacre offered something very valuable to those who approached it, and I think... He's getting better at these. And that I should nonetheless consider making a game from the Virginia Tech Massacre on egalitarian grounds. Some people think my work has value. Relative personal identification aside, one of the main reasons I could not make a Virginia Tech Massacre game is much more emotional. After reading all of Cho's writing huh. uh, that has been released, I have a vague glimpse at just how profoundly disturbed and depressed this guy was. Mm. When I made Super Columbine Massacre, I spent six months getting into the heads of Eric and Dylan, mm. suffered from minor depression myself as a result. This is akin to an actor playing a very sinister role... For me, developing Super Column by Massacre often meant going into dark, frightening places, and frankly, I'm not sure I could ever go there again. The psychological toll was more than I had imagined. Maybe people who first hear about me think I'm some warped sicko that was gleefully recreating a shooting at Columbine. In truth, it was prolonged, painful, and perhaps necessary exorcism for me. Wow. I don't think I could trench myself that deeply into something like that again. Maybe someone else can, but the weight of such an undertaking is significant. I'm kind of coming back around now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, once you have an entire career out of making statements to controversies, you get better at it. But like, yeah. he's he's becoming a little bit more sensitive, especially maybe when he sees a figure out there who is openly mocking him and his ideas. Then maybe, then maybe that reflection has made him choose his words more carefully. But this is that's yeah yeah. Uh, so our story is mostly going to be coming to an end here. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring back from earlier regarding Slamgate was that incident and supporting meeting, a supportive meeting with that filmmaker I mentioned, Mr. Brian Fleming, was I think actually kind of what inspired Danny to produce that playing Columbine documentary I mentioned about him in our previous episode. And his experiences following that, like the release of that game are all kind of very much covered in it. I actually have not seen the whole thing. I've seen clips. I am interested in kind of checking it out at some point. But uh, as for Danny, after all this, the results of all this controversy and interaction kind of led him to become sort of an unwitting spokesperson for the games industry, which is good if he's getting better at kind of making these statements. Mm -hmm. Often facing the medium's opponents in debates and forums. He used to travel around a little more to conferences. I, guess it's, I think it's just as time goes by, like, you know, behind. he's probably focused on other things. I don't know how active he is today, but this went on for quite a while. And um, Keith Stewart of The Guardian wrote that uh, despite being confused and tawdry, Super Column by Massacre symbolizes a growing understanding that video games actually have more to say than just shoot the enemies and pick up health. While authors Andreas John Sudman and Ralph Stockman consider controversial video games such as Super Columbine, Massacre RPG, and the Grand Theft Auto Hot Coffee mod evidence of socio-political tensions between gamers and older generations. That game and others like it continue to be at the center of the video games as art debate, a conversation that we have all had here numerous times and probably will continue to have here on Hot Button for episodes to come. And uh, more on the, if you want to check out more on hot coffee, then uh, we do have an episode on that as well. I think it's our second. But um, the last one I have here is uh, Game of Sutra later credited Super Columbine Massacre and its Slamgate controversy as having two highly positive and far-reaching effects, probably beyond what Danny even originally intended. Game of Sutra later credited Super Columbine Massacre and its Slamgate controversy as having two highly positive and far-reaching effects, probably beyond what Danny ever intended. The first being that it forced print game journalism to focus on the issue, and second, that the evangelization of the notion that video games can be as, as meaningful and important as other media, even if the example is offensive to the sensibilities of most Americans. Yeah. To, to win is to lose, but to play is to experience an enrichment that cannot be scored. That's a good quote. Yeah. So... Final thoughts. What do you guys think? Thank you, obviously, for sticking everybody for sticking with us on that. That was a, that was a big that was a big one. Yeah, <laughs> it was a big task. But uh, we'll try and 
lighten things up maybe in the next one a little bit, but they, uh, I thought this was one. This was a fascinating one. I had a lot of fun, actually. Uh, I hate saying the word fun, but I I was very enthralled by the research of this and ended up kind of on some deep dives into looking into things that I don't I don't maybe spend as much time looking into. So this the game was, is an enigma. Yeah, actually, I do spend or a lot of time the looking guy, into this the stuff. The guy that but, made it is an enigma. Yeah, I'm still confused he, about how to feel about yeah, it. Yeah, and and I and it's, Part of me I was, wish there was a better of a bow to wrap on top of everything, but that's it's just kind of is what maybe it I'll is. Have e- it? Maybe I'll email and be like, "Hey, you want to be on a podcast?" Yeah, you know, I, you know, it's crazy. Maybe the, maybe we'll do a follow up if I can get an e- interview with this guy. We yeah. can interview. Him. He did. He spent a lot of time answering emails very personally. Let's, it's, uh, it's 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 like I bet enough time has gone by that he's not being contacted very often, but also I don't know how much like how I read, close I read to his life that this. I read is that statement on the game, and I was like. Man, fuck you, man. Like, you're just sitting here and shitting on society. You look yeah. like a main protagonist in a sequel to Fight Club. <laughs> and then I read his statements and quotes after people criticized his work for contributing to other things. Yeah. And he seemed so much more articulate. Yeah. And obviously, he's a lot older now, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a little torn. Like, half of me thinks that he just did this just to be intentionally... I mean, he wasn't the VTech fucking guy. Yeah. But then the other part of me is like, you know, maybe he did actually want to get a message out and he just didn't. It just maybe didn't, didn't know out. how to do it exactly. Yeah. It's, or or it's he hard. did it to the best of his ability. Sure. You know? I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure. I really yeah. don't know how to feel. It, it's like. I agree with the things that come out of it, as in like having a conversation and video games are art and video games shouldn't be held it's responsible hard. Th- for this things. This game like earns that. its obviously, right to exist and for people to play it. Yeah. yeah obviously, like, all those themes resonate, but mm-hmm. like the way it's gone about and who did it. Is still up for debate. In my yeah, head. it's a fucking roller coaster, and our kind of our kind of summary is is still pretty inconclusive, of, you know. But like, that's that's kind of our thoughts on it, and you know, I, I would I, like, and I would talk endlessly about this if anyone else approached it because it's just like a, any any new like views or insights would I, I would right. listen. This is, yeah. this is a, a very interesting story, but uh, but I think that's going to do it for today, and that is that is our that is part two. Next week, we'll be back with an entirely different topic. Hopefully a lighter one. Hopefully a little lighter one. And uh, if you want to do some plugs there, some uh, promotions. So you got it. I got you it. did it last time. Yeah. <laughs> so if you discovered this podcast you got this randomly, uh, you can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter, at Hot Button Cast. Mm-hmm. If you like the podcast, you can subscribe to it on iTunes. You can subscribe to it on Spotify, Google Play. And if you don't like it, subscribe to it anyway. Stitcher, wherever else fine podcasts are sold. <laughs> and uh, Coconuts, Tower Records, Sam Goody. Yeah. Suncoast video. The Suncoast video. You can. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. Can you run a podcast at Blockbuster? <laughs> they got the yeah. pop. They got podcast now down at the Hollywood Video. <laughs> you can, uh, if you have any, if you have anything to say, DM us on Twitter. We'll respond. Yeah, maybe we were uh, talking about. Even if you're a jerk. Uh, we were talking about the idea of, uh, at least I was a little bit about setting up a Reddit and have doing maybe an episode discussion if it's something like this. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I don't know how many people are listening, yeah. but and I want to do a live one at some point. Yeah, too, yeah. If you're willing to Discuss. Well, we can uh, we got things in the we can talk about that. But yeah, review us on iTunes. Thank you for putting up with Have my stuttering. Day. Stay, uh, uh, stay hydrated. Stay, stay, stay gaming. Yes. Yeah. Later, <laughs> YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> Smash that like button. We out.